Kevin Parker, I don't know what the hell John Schneider said in that meeting before Friday's <laughs> game. I gotta believe it wasn't. Let's score 28 runs and see if we can win this. But uh, wow, the Toronto Blue Jays coming out of the All Star break, and I don't know if it could have gone more perfectly. I, I just don't. Uh, eight four today, four one yesterday, twenty eight five the day before. Contributions up and down the order. Rymel Tapia. I mean, th- this series was as much about Rymel Tapia and Danny Jansen and Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, as it was the, quote-unquote, the big boys in this team, wasn't it? it? It sure was. Well, again, it starts with starting pitching. The first couple of days were really good. Ross Stripling today looked exactly like a guy that hadn't pitched since July 13th. It's supposed to look like he he battled. Uh, you know, the velocity wasn't really there. At strike ones, he pitched ahead. He faced 17 batters through 13 strike ones. You know, he did enough. Uh, and give the manager credit. He said when he took over the job that he was going to be very aggressive. Now, being aggressive is not always on the basis. It's you'd rather take a guy out too soon than to take him out too late. And that's exactly what happened today. You just got to love the way this team is playing. Again, the Red Sox, you know, don't have all their horses and all their ducks in a row. That's not the Blue Jays' fault. You got to go out and have good at bats. You got to throw strike one. You, you know, the bullpen came in and did a decent job. There's still some guys down there. You hold your, your breath. You walk to the refrigerator. You sort of peeking at the TV, making sure they get a couple of outs. But for the most part, they got the hits when they were supposed to. The pitching was there. They're playing good enough defense. They're running the bases. They're very, very aggressive. So Snyder doing the hit and run thing with Santiago Espinal. I mean, that's big league stuff, right? It's it's you, just when you do it, how much you do it. You don't abuse it. You just do enough to spark your team. That's exactly what happens. They came out, they beat a team they're supposed to beat. That's what you're supposed to do this time of the year. 416-870-0590, star 590, 888-666-0590. If you're texting us, 590-590 is the text line. A lot to talk about today. The Jays have swept the Boston Red Sox. They are 10-3. and three guaranteeing themselves the season series. And, and keep in mind that, you know, the, the tiebreaker scenario this year involves common record. It's not going to be any more one-game playoffs. So that may come into play, although I would suggest Kevin Barker that you know, Heim Bloom and, and John Henry are in Cooperstown for David Ortiz's Hall of Fame induction. I, I would love to be – I'd love to be on that plane – going back to Boston and listening in in that discussion because, uh, look, the Red Sox, Devers is on the IL. Uh, stories hurt. J.D. Martinez didn't play in the series because of back spasms. We already talked about Chris Sale. He's out for a while. I don't know, and I, and I hope people take this the way I mean it, Kevin. I think this series may have showed us a little more about the Red Sox, even than it did about the Blue Jays, about where the, the Red Sox are right now. They, they, they have to do some serious thinking about what they're going, what, what they're going to do at the deadline. Sure. If you if you took out say Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. out of the Blue Jays lineup, how good would it be? Uh, they, yeah, well, they would have won this, this series. <laughs> Still, maybe. 
Sure, sure. It, yeah, it would have been a little tougher, right? It would have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if what it showed you as a if you're a Red Sox fan about what you're going to do at the at the trade deadline. It would be real hard to be buyers. I don't know if you're going to be sellers, but you may not go out and give up a farm to to get certain guys. I'm sure it would be, be determined on whether how how long Rafael Devers is going to be out. I mean, he's an MVP candidate, right? He he's an aircraft carrier. He can do special things. If he's going to be out long periods of time. How how tough would it be to go out and make big moves? That's what you got to ask yourself. And I just don't know if you could, you know, we talk about the Blue Jays all the time needing things, needing a left-handed bat, just not a left-hander, like legitimate two-hole hitter. You know, they're going to need a, a couple of swing and miss arms out of the bullpen. Red Sox are no different. They may not need balance a lineup, but they need a lot of arms. And can you go out and get enough to compete and actually make a run at that thing? I don't know. Maybe you need to take a step back, be realistic. I don't say, again, it's the Red Sox. You're not going to be sellers, but you may not want to buy as much as you may have thought two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I, I think you may be a little more, if you're the Red Sox, you might, you might be a little more of a market monitor, if you want to call that. Keep an eye on, on, on what's happening. Uh, you know that you probably I look if I'm the Red Sox the first thing I'm doing is getting Xander Bogarts re-signed that's just flat out that's the first thing I'm going to do and and maybe I understand you have Trevor's story and you've got Rafael Devers to deal with but maybe that's the one thing they can do for their fan base if they're not going to contend if they're not really in a position where it makes sense to move out a lot of prospects or conversely even move out a guy like J.D. Martinez. Maybe if you're the Red Sox, the one thing you do do is try to get this thing done with Xander Bogarts, and at least you can say to your fan base, hey, we got Xander Bogarts. Jeff, done. How, how many how many teams do you know that, that are, are sort of limping into the trade deadline who are going to drop $200 million on a shortstop? Just doesn't happen that way. Well, like I, I don't know if that's so. the number, but, but it's going to be somewhere. It's going to be somewhere around that number. I mean, that's where... a lot of money to be dropping on a guy that that right now you're in fourth place. You're limping. You got a lot of issues. So you're just right, going to let him rotation, walk because you're in fourth place. I don't know. I don't. Well, maybe that. Maybe that. It's the guy you try and trade. Maybe you don't try and sign him. Maybe you try and trade him. You retool. I don't say you reboot again because it's the Red Sox, but you're gonna. I say you're seriously going to tell that front office. Oh, by the way, you're not having a good season, but drop $200 million on your shortstop. It's, it's a tough ask. really is. I don't know. I mean, he's one of your franchise players. I, it's no tougher to do it now than it was at the start of the year. Uh, I, I mean, unless Maybe you they think take that, that money and, and, and sign Devers. Well, unless you think you're going to be a better team next year with Trevor Story at shortstop and somebody else at second. I mean, to me, it... And anyhow, enough enough about enough about the Red Sox. We'll have plenty of time to talk to talk about them. Uh, the Jays are now seven to one under John Schneider. They've won six in a row. They're fifty three and forty three. They're back ten games over five hundred, I believe, for the first time since July first. Uh, and the, this was their first series sweep at Fenway Park since two thousand and fifteen. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight. Triple six zero five ninety five ninety five ninety is the text line. Billy in Markham, you want to you want us to keep everything in perspective. That's why we're bringing you on because you are <laughs> you are the king of perspective. I don't know about that, Jeff. But uh, anyways, listen, and we and Kevin, just to go off topic, you're saying two hundred million dollars for Bogarts. Yet I keep hearing here in Toronto that they want to pay our shortstop four hundred million. 
not on his best day, not 300, not 200. But that's, that's a whole different discussion. That's, listen, we did what we had to do. We basically beat up on, and give me some rope here, uh, mm-hmm. um, Jeff. We beat up on the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. We beat up on the Omaha Royals. <laughs> we, we beat up on, I don't know what this Boston Red Sox, I don't even know half this Boston Red Sox team. And, yeah. that, and then to come on, and the next series, we've got the St. Louis Cardinals missing their two best players. Yes. It's right there for you, Jay. It's right freaking there. And I said earlier in the year, hey, guys, if we, if we win one more game a year, I mean a week, for the end of the year, you know who we almost run down? Yeah, that mm. team that was supposed to run away and hide that's really sh- is really leaking oil. Look, yeah. I don't even care if this team team win- wins the division because if we can get that first wild card spot, the Yankees got to sit for three or four days. Yeah, their pitching gets healthy, but their hitting gets rusty. Just get in, Blue Jays. It's there for you. And mm. what, last thing, let me let me say this, Jeff, because I think I was misinterpreted by you. Uh, the call before the All-Star break. I just want to correct it. I said that uh, I, I never said that I wanted um, Vladdy traded for uh, the, the the Washington guy, whatever his name is. I don't want that. Soto. I want Soto. I'd rather jump off a bridge and have Soto on my team. I don't want that guy. I don't want him. I don't want him any near any. What I was saying, the point I was trying to make, was they're in the same position where Soto wants to leave. We don't know if Vladdy wants to leave in two years. The biggest trade this organization ever made, and let's remember, it was not popular at the time, and it won us the 92 and 93 World Series, was getting Alomar and Carter. And Pat Gillick got raked over the coals for giving up Fernandez and, and Freddie McGriff. This is the time to trade Vladdy, and I know nobody wants to hear it. Here's a trade I'm looking for, that you can get everything you want and not have to give up prospects. Tell me what you think of this trade or something like it. I don't I would, like it. Okay, well, we would we, we <laughs> Cleveland is one of our favorite trading partners. We love that left-handed stick uh, third baseman. I know we got a third baseman. We can move one of them. How about we grab him? Say, look, it. We'll eat his contract. You got Vladdy cheap. Throw in Tristan McKenzie and throw in Clark. And if that and if you guys and if you guys think it's too much, here we'll throw you Tapia. This is the trade that I want to make that it fixes everything at once. And here's a trade, and this, and here's a trade that I I would make in a heartbeat. I said this two years ago, and I'm going to get raked over the coals for this, and I'm going to end Billy, my. Call they just run. swept the Red Sox, and you want to trade the whole team? No, I want to trade Vladdy. <laughs> oh well, okay, pardon me. And Tapia. (laughs) Sell high on Tapia, Billy. I mean, I guess that's 10 RBI in three games. Sell high on Tapia. Congratulations for your your last four games. We'll see what happens when you start facing good pitching. We'll see what happens, Tapia. Listen, guys, here's my trade straight up, and I'm going to hang up with this one. Yeah, listen to it, Jeff. You're going to love this one. Vlad Guerrero straight up for Baltimore's catcher. I got to go. Okay, Bye. Billy. Thanks, wow. man. <laughs> we got to take care. Now you're – come on. Now you're, you're, you're pulling something. I'm hoping it's my leg. Thanks, Billy and Markham. Yeah, Billy dropped the mic, ran off. <laughs> Billy did. Billy ran off and hid. Thank they God they didn't the Red lose Sox the series. And well, he is trying to trade the entire team. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he is. He's trying to – he's trying to get – He's trying to get it churning. 416-870-0590, star 590 with 888-888. <laughs> Okay, Charlie, go ahead. Rescue us, please. Yeah, oh, thank God. 
you know, I, I don't know this Billy guy, but uh, you said it, uh, you know, we sweep the Red Sox, we're on fire, and he's talking about trading Vladdy. I mean, yeah. I, I, well, he's talking TV, about trading Tapia, catch. too, and, and again, you would be selling I mean, hot. Forget it. Forget about Tapia. <laughs> then he talks about a catcher. I mean, the last thing we need, by the way, we are the envy of Major League Baseball, are we not, when it comes to the catching position? Uh, I mean, we have I suppose. the spoil of riches. Anyway, guys, uh, nice talking to you, like always. Good talking just, to you, uh, Charlie. Just, yeah, no, I just always love listening to you guys. You know, I don't know what Schneider's doing different. Um, it could be just a, you know, the fact that there's a fresh voice. I know there's a lot of, you know, hit and run and all that stuff. But in general, can you guys, and I'll, I'll hang up and listen to what you guys have to say. Can you guys, do you guys, what do you see? And I, I, I Billy had some point about, you know, minor league pitching, but this is not minor league pitching for the Red Sox. These are all major leaguers. And let's not forget, when the Jays were down, I mean, wow, teams like yesterday that we were looking up at the Red Sox and everybody was looking to wounds. You know, even when we were early in the year playing against bad teams, we were struggling to take hits and to get hits the way we thought they would. What do you see different? I mean, that 28-5 to obviously is unbelievable. What do you see different? And Kevin, I'm going to hang up. I want to hear you talk about the role of the hitting coach. What do you see different from the hitters, and what is the role? Of, I know this is off topic, but the general, I always like to know, what is the role of the hitting coach? Thanks, guys. You guys are the best. Thanks, Charlie. Bart? Well, uh, look, <laughs> look. I, yeah, sometimes I think the, the hitting coach is, is damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? It, it's when they're not hitting, it's all his fault, and, and you know, get rid of him, fire him, and then when, when they score 28 runs, everybody thinks he's the greatest hitting coach on planet Earth. I, I think there's a little in between. I, I've had a lot of hitting coaches. Now, I didn't have a ton at the big league level, but I had enough to know that, you know, a, a good hitting coach knows when to say a little bit. You never want to say too much. You just say a little bit, right? It's it's whenever you're going bad, it's just walking by and going, "Hey, do this." It's one little, what's one little sentence may get you back on track. But I, for for me, if you look at the lineup, it's the guys that we're supposed to be hit are hitting. Like this, this is not rocket science. This is coming into the season that we thought that if Lourdes Gurriel Jr. could have a really good year, and Jeff, you've been yelling and screaming at this about that—that that should be your guy, right? That could turn the corner and start doing special things. He's—he's he's doing some things. Matt Chapman's turned the corner. Looks like Matt Chapman's got a little separation from his hands and his front foot, which allows him to hit fastballs better. He's hitting that better, which allows him to have a little bit more time to recognize breaking balls when he gets a good one. He's not missing them. That's a big deal. Right, and, and Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez is starting to use the entire field. you got those three guys hammering baseballs. I don't want to say it takes pressure off of off your manager and off the guys that we're supposed to do it every single day, but it makes it easier. And it's a collection of a bunch of things, and, and a lot of these guys are just like everybody else in baseball. They need reps. The more reps you get, the better off you're going to be, and that's what you're starting to see here. And I've been saying this since day one. The better pitch you get at the big league level, Jeff, the more hits you're going to get and the better chance you got of making maximum contact with the baseball. And you're starting to receive the, see the results of it's okay to take a strike. We've seen that. I talked about this with Vladdy. In the first game, I even texted you. Look at Vladdy. It's yeah. a different approach. Somebody's obviously talked to him. Now, the last couple of days, he hasn't done that. But you can see the difference. When he takes a pitch, even though it's a strike, if he can't hit it hard, why swing at it? That's if you can get an entire lineup starting to do those things because they have so much talent, you start scoring more runs, you start winning more baseball games, and all of a sudden other parts of your game, of your team, look much better. 
yeah no that that's 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 really well said and and i think you know one of the things you should point out today as well is we saw and i and and i like this we saw alejandro kirk get the day off and instead of just moving everybody up in the order john schneider's thought was all right let's take our best hitter and put him in put him into the third hole leave Bo where he is leave vladdy where he is and simple things and i don't know maybe maybe charlie would have done maybe he would have done the same thing but i i, I will say this about john schneider and i know we're up against we're going to take a break here and I, and I want the callers jennifer and Mike and Aaron to hold. I promise you we will get to you today. One of the things I like about John Schneider is it it would be easy, I would think, Kevin, to come in as a new manager when you have been around the team for a couple of years and come in and and, and do a whole bunch of stuff differently. And I kind of like the gradual approach we've seen from him, resetting the lineup was something we knew that John Schneider wanted in spring training. It's something a lot of people around the organization wanted in spring training. I still don't know the backstory of why Vladdy decided all of a sudden that he was okay with it. Maybe we won't maybe we won't ever know. But I like that John appears at least to this point to be putting his mark on the team in a way that doesn't it's a fine line you, you you can put your mark in a team without telling people that everything they've been doing up to this point is wrong and and i think there, there's a real art to that and so far I, I, and billy is right about this they beat a, a kansas city royals team that didn't have some of their best players they beat a boston red sox team that didn't have some of their best players they've got two games against the st louis cardinals coming up because of the vaccine rules at the border uh, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are, aren't aren't going to be here, but at the same time, there has been an aggressiveness. You, 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 the, the one thing John Schneider has done that is apparent to us is the aggressiveness, the aggressiveness on the base pass, the hit and run. I mean, we saw it today. Now I don't know the whole story behind this. I don't know if it was Danny, uh, Danny Jansen's idea, but I mean, we tried a safety squeeze. They tried a safety squeeze with a runner in first and third, and that's. <laughs> That to me is a sign of a really confident of a really confident team. Well, it's it's one thing to come out and say it; it's another thing to actually do it, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what he's doing. And again, I've said this, and I'll continue to say it: a manager's only as good as his players. And and right now, the players that they need to step up—I don't care who they're facing—it's a big league team. It's not their mm-hmm. fault that the guys are, aren't vaccinated and aren't coming to Toronto. It's not their fault that they have to go out there and ha- get good pitches to hit, play the play the game the right way, catch the balls they're supposed to catch, run the bases, be aggressive, and not run into outs. And that's exactly what they're doing. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety triple eight triple six zero five ninety. The text line is open. 590-590 is the number to call. The Blue Jays have swept the Boston Red Sox, capping off their three-game series with an 8-4 to win today at Fenway Park. We'll take a break, take a look at the standings, and go back to the phone lines. It's Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Blue Jays 8, Red Sox 4. Pays the deals. Ground ball towards first, grabbed by Guerreros. Long throw to second to get one. Return to first in time. There's the double play ball that Mesa's been waiting on. 
3-6-3, inning-ending double play. Side retired in the seventh. I mean, Kevin, when you look at this this 8-4 win for the Blue Jays, the series in general, I mean, in addition to the hitting, the Jays, the Jays played really good defense. But, my God, they had a lot of things go their way. I mean, right in the first inning, that, that ball that Flatty Guerrero hits and bounces off the, the corner of the bag. Um, and, and, and the Red Sox, you know, errors and, and mental mistakes aplenty in this whole series. Um, you know, you pointed out the Red Sox aren't a very good team right now, and, and the, Jays, the Jays took advantage of that, which you have to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, right now, when you when the Red Sox don't have everybody on their team that they usually have, when you're a good team and you're fighting and going where you want to go, sometimes you got to beat up on a team that's sort of a little bit down. That's exactly what the Blue Jays did. And now the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. The... Uh... American League East standings look quite intriguing right now. The Yankees are 66-31. and 31. They have dusted off the Baltimore Orioles 6-0 today. The Blue Jays, 10 games over 553-43. Their six-game winning streak. They have sole possession of first place uh, in the wild card race. They're 12-and-a-half back of the Yankees. Tampa Bay losing to Kansas City 4-2 today. They're 52-43. and 43. They're a game up. The Boston Red Sox are 48-48. They're three and a half back in the wild card race. Folks, they are a half game ahead of the Baltimore Orioles right now. The Orioles are 47-48. Sorry, they have one more win than the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are uh, 47-48. The Orioles will be starting a series uh, in Tampa while the Red Sox will go on to face the Cleveland Indians and or Cleveland Guardians. And as we mentioned, the Toronto Blue Jays will open a two-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals tomorrow night, sorry, Tuesday night at the Rogers Centre. Jennifer in Toronto, you want to talk about Rymel Tapia? Well, I want to talk about a few things, but first I want to say, respect to the Orioles, I have loved them since last year, and I hated our calling them trash birds. Mountcastle, Santander, their bullpen, they're a good team. You know, they're exciting to watch. Um, Tapia is hitting well. He's short in his stroke. It's fast. And what's going on with um, Bichette? He seems unhappy. Now, I don't want to read too much into it, but there's something going on. And you see him in the dugout even when we win. And that, and there's not a lot of happiness. And I, I've read about, you know, arbitration and blah, 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 and contract calls, talks and that. But I'm curious because we should – we went five for 19 or 20 runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. And he he, he and uh, – I, I won't blame Guriel, though he was an offender. But what are your thoughts on Bichette? Kevin, I'll, I'll turn it over to you um, in terms of Bo. First of all, let's talk a little bit about Tapia. We do have to talk about him. An inside-the-park grand slam and then a basis-clearing triple. And uh, th- thank you very much for the call, Jennifer. And and yep. here's the thing, Kevin. Rymel Tapia is – Dan and Pat made this point in the telecast. They're absolutely right. He's basically not the guy you thought you were getting from Colorado. 
He's been. I mean, he's he's good, but he it, it's almost as if I don't, I wouldn't say he's changed his profile as a hitter, but I think his Dan said he's chasing more than he was in Colorado. He's making harder contact. Um, I I know you were all in on Tapia when the deal was made, and we spoke to people in the front office, and they were ecstatic that they could make that deal because Randall Grichuk, frankly, is just a little more of what they already have. And I said this guy can be a game changer for him. He's not going to win every game, but he can be a game changer. Hey, it's not going to hurt you. I, I said this to you before, and I'll continue to say it. If somebody got hurt that's the everyday guy in the outfield and he had to play every single day, I'm okay with that. It's not going to hurt your team. It's not going to lose games for you. It can only help you with the speed and the things he does offensively. Uh, th- th- there's a couple of things with him. He's very athletic, which is one thing that you have to have when you don't play every single day. you got to be able to manipulate the barrel. Uh, you got to be good with your lower half. You know, he's got happy feet. He's moving around a lot. He's got somewhat of a big leg kick, so that would tell you his timing's good. He hammers fastballs. I used to try when I was in the big leagues to to uh, when I when I didn't play every day. And the the thing was is try and get in an athletic position to be able to put yourself in the best spot to hammer a fastball. That's what he does. That's why you see him whenever he gets a hanging breaking ball because he's ready to hit a heater. He's able to do that. Uh, he self-corrects very well. You've seen that. Every time you see him take a bad swing or he'll take a pitch and turns around and ask the umpire, he knows what he did wrong. You saw him with a strikeout against the lefty, I think, in his last debate. He got mad. He, he doesn't like that because he chased a pitch that he shouldn't have chased. He knows if he didn't, he'd have a good chance of hitting it because he's got sound mechanics. He's got a lot of confidence and he can self-correct. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Bo Bichette, look, I, I'm not going to try to get in between his ears. I know he plays every single day. They can write his name in the lineup. Is he a cleanup hitter? Probably not. And I'll say this, and I continue to say it, at the big league level, you can't chase everything and think you're going to hit 300 or have tremendous success because now teams, pitching coaches, khakis, they start to think, well, you don't have to throw him a strike to get him out. So why would we? And I think that's a little bit of what you see why he has ups and downs, and that's why you see sometimes he gets frustrated is because he chases too much. And for me, until you, you know, until he stops doing that, and best part of his season, Jeff, he was walking more. I'm not saying mm-hmm. try and walk, but I'm saying it's okay to take a couple of pitches. It's okay to allow that pitcher to mess up. He can't. Uh, most of the time, he's going to throw you something that you can hammer, but you have to take that pitcher's pitch, and a lot of the times he doesn't, and I think that's for, more for me. The frustration is is because a lot of the times he knows himself that he gets himself out. 416-870-0590, star 590 Triple six zero five ninety. Let's see what the uh, text line has on offer for us. Billy's got a lot of fans on the text line. Uh, June and Burnaby BC wants to ask this question about what we saw with Sawamura today. Uh, why the umpire uh, gave the Red Sox a couple of balls without pitching to them? It's very very simple. He was warned. You can't go to your mouth, whether it's to blow in your hands and. Fuck me, I have no idea why the hell he was blowing on his hands. It's 190 degrees out there. But whether you blow in your hands or whatever, if you're on the mound, you can't go to your mouth without wiping without wiping your hand. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter even as long as you go to your mouth, you got to wipe it. And he was warned. You could hear the umpire warn him. And I, this this is, I mean, there are some camera shots of Alex Cora. This is stuff that would, the errors that they made, Kevin, just the Dumb head up your ass baseball you saw from the Red Sox. That was, I mean, look, to someone who doesn't like the Red Sox, I was more than happy to see it. But that's a bad look. Like that, 
that's a really, really bad one. You probably should know that if you're if you're a pitcher coming out of the bullpen that matters and and is asked to get big time outs in big time situations, you should know about the wipe and your 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 fingers after you go to your mouth on the mound or around the mound or whatever it is. I oh look, there's two two things that how many times have you ever see an umpire actually call that? Like I I I, I guess I mean it's it's you know what it, I used to for, Kevin for, it's I, for me it's a little bit much. Right, it's, it's, I used it's, to see it more. It is. Everybody's in a bad mood. I, like you're, yeah, you're... I, I used to see it more. I used to see it a lot more than you do now. You really did. Maybe, Maybe. I've never seen anybody walk an actual guy because of how many times he didn't wipe his his fingers down the side of his pant leg because he he went to his mouth. Again, it is. It's it's up to the player to to know what's going on and know you're yeah. not supposed to do it. And and I guess it's up to the umpire to actually see it and and actually follow through with it. But I know if I'm an umpire, I don't. I, I mean, I'm going to warn him one time, and and I'm probably going to warn him after the inning's over. Because really, realistically, what what are they doing anyway when they're licking their mouth? They're trying to get more feel on the baseball yeah. because they can't use the sticky stuff anymore. I don't I know think, if that's cheating or is that overthinking think, it. Kevin, For me, it's I, I probably think, more overthinking it. I, I think what you you would probably find out if you talk to Bill Miller, because it does happen in other sports. You know, umpires are given instructions at different points in the season that this is what we're going to crack down on. I mean, they are. This is something they're, they're given uh, letters or, in this case, emails from the head office saying, okay, this it's called a point of emphasis. This is going to be a point of emphasis with us. It happens in every sport. The NBA holds preseason media uh, meetings with, with referees to tell the media what the point of emphasis is. I'm, j- I'm just guess, throwing that out there. We don't, we I, I don't guess, know. It's entirely I possible. Guess a, a 130 game, it's a bazillion degrees outside. Unless an, a, an opposing manager says, tell him to stop licking his fingers, tell him to wipe it on his pants. Really? That's, I mean, again, well, that's my opinion. It's, it's, but it, it happened. It's up to the player to make the adjustment. And if you're a Blue Jays fan, you'll take it and you'll laugh about it. 416-870-0590, star 591 Aaron in Toronto. What's up, Aaron? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I just want to throw, like, I think the caller that was talking about trading Vladdy is a little hyperbolic, but there are high stocks we have on our team, such as Alejandro Kirk, that I think may not be sustainable over the years to come that are, you know, at their pinnacle right now. And I wouldn't mind bringing up Marino and seeing Jansen-Marino combo with Kirk, you know, Best of luck wherever you go, but I think we could get more from him than we will in the future. Do you guys get what I mean? Yeah, I, I appreciate the call. Why does everybody want to trade people after swept the Red Sox, man? That's a great question. I, I, I mean, I, I understand it's a trade deadline, and everybody's you know everybody's expecting Ross to do something, and I, I would strongly suggest to Ross that he has to do something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I. I <laughs> I think you have to I, – I think you just kind of need to cool your jets a little bit at this point with this with this team. Like, I understand there's no guarantee Alejandro Kirk next year is what he is this year. But actually, there's no guarantee he isn't either. You know, if he's doing this right now, there's absolutely there, – it, it, it's not as if – it's not as if this is completely unexpected from Alejandro Kirk. He's basically doing – what the organization told us he was going to do. This is the type of hitter he is. If you if you remember correctly, on our show, I I was the first guy to raise my hand and say if I needed to get something and it took get, giving up Alejandro Kirk, I'd do it. The, on the flip side of that, Alec Manoa loves throwing to him. 
If they yes. want to go anywhere, anywhere in the playoffs, Alec Manoa has to be at his best. Do I want him trying to figure it out with Danny Chanson? I love Danny Chanson, and he's the reason for me anyway that makes this team better. You can just see the flow of the game, how he gets bad pitchers through bad, big spots of games. just looks better with Danny Chanson. But Alejandro Kirk and Alec Manoa love each other, and well, that's I, a big I, deal, and that'd be hard to give up. Yeah, and, and maybe it's just because I've – covered the Jays for a long time and they they seem to always have a revolving door of catchers but I just I like things the way they are right now you know if if you know if people want to trade somebody I'd I'd just as soon trade one of my corner outfielders and then than any of the catchers Ooh. but um you know Lourdes though I given the way Lourdes is 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 has come through I mean this is more than a hot month Lourdes has been in the heater for a while now I think we need to just kind of um, I think you just need to kind of cool cool our jets a little bit when it comes to to moving players. We do know that this organization will trade prospects. I mean, they've done it. They've done it for the past two years. They've moved out fairly highly touted prospects in order in order to address pressing needs. Uh, and I have no reason to think that they that they won't be doing it again. I I I just don't. Um. Raimel Tapia, Kevin, you know, you mentioned that you wouldn't mind seeing him in the lineup every day if you had to because because of an injury. Uh, he and and Kevin Biggio in particular, because we 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 focused about this, uh, focused on this a lot. But he and Kevin Biggio in particular have really they've kind of gradually made themselves a little more valuable to this team. Sure, sure they have. Well, again, you have to buy into that. You have to buy into not being an every single day, uh, everyday player because you know that's the only way you're going to be on a big league team. And Rymel Tapia is a little bit different. I think he's a little bit more established. He can do a few more things offensively and running the bases than Cavan can. I mean, Cavan's a really good base runner too. But defensively in the outfield and those kind of things, I, I guess Rymel Tapia's probably got a little bit more value. But give give Cavan Bishio credit. He he's simplified things offensively. He'll play any position you need him to. Play play he gives the big boy days off at first base and he don't miss a beat uh, he's a really good defender at first base to, today at second base the balls hit to second base i'm okay with that like you're not worried about it that that's the big thing when you're not an everyday player it's sort of like you're forgotten it's like being a good umpire good umpires you don't even know are on the field uh, uh, not an everyday player sort of the same exact way Kevin Biggio Rymel Toppy it's exact same way they, they do the little things to not hurt your team and good teams need guys like that and I don't know about you but I'm okay with both of them yeah let's uh let's talk a little bit about about uh Ross Stripling as well because you touched on this a little earlier uh, Ross Stripling was this is I, the thing about Ross Stripling is I just at least since he's moved into the starting rotation, Kevin, there's no drama with him. There's no drama with him. You know, I I, I know what I'm going to get for the most part. Today, you made this point. It's his first this is his first start since July, what what did we say? July 13th, was it? His first Th- start 13th. Since, since July 13th. And I love the way John Schneider managed him. 62 pitches. I don't, you know, let him get you through the four or five innings and then go to your bullpen knowing that you have an off day. And one, one guy that I think kind of stepped up in this series and we haven't talked about because it's been all about the offense as well, Kevin. I don't know about you, but Jimmy Garcia hitting 96 today. He hit 95 a couple of times yesterday. I get the sense that John Schneider has an awful lot of, at least right now, we don't know what the bullpen will look like in another week or so, but right now he's got a lot of confidence. 
in Jimmy Garcia, doesn't he? Uh, I think I, it might be more that he doesn't have a choice. He really didn't have anything. You know, there's only so many times you go to Adam Semper. Jordan Romano's not always pitching. Uh, I, I'll give it to you. He's a veteran guy. The, the bright lights are not going to be too much for him. When he does have a secondary pitching, he can be a little unpredictable. He can get away with 95-96, but me, perfect world. You'd rather have him in the seventh inning the, or the, mm-hmm. the, other than the eighth and ninth inning. And that's just me. I, I'll give you this. Ross Stripling, uh, a year ago, if he pitched like he did today, there's no way he's getting through four innings. Absolutely no way. He didn't have his velocity, didn't have his slider, didn't have his changeup today. There's no way he could figure out ways to, to throw the breaking ball enough, that little knuckle curveball that he can get over. He can get some cheap outs that way. He, he can use all quadrants as a strike zone with the fastball. The fastball was more 89s than it was 92, 93s. It's never good because he's a spot guy, and occasionally he's going to have to see if he can hit it. And, for him to be able to do what he did today, he threw enough strike once. He wasn't pitching behind. Uh, he did enough adding and subtracting with the fastball, even though it was 88-89, that he gave his team a chance to win. And I'll get back to that. I don't want to give John Snyder too much love because it is, what is he, 7-1? and one? It's a small sample size, but man alive. Again, I get back to that. You'd rather do it too early than do it too late especially with the day off and how long a guy's had between starts. It's genius almost. It's it's almost too easy, and sometimes too easy. Man, you can screw that up. So you give everybody credit about today. They got the job done. They won games they were supposed to win. Good teams do that. So there you go. The Toronto Blue Jays have won six in a row. They are 10 games over five hundred. Put a little bit of room between themselves. And the Boston Red Sox, which this is all about, they've also clinched the season series. They're ten and three against Boston after today's eight to four win. Their first series sweep at Fenway Park since 2015. They've won six in a row. They are seven to one under John Schneider, as Kevin Barker said. They are taking advantage of what the schedule is giving them. They beat Kansas City, a shorthanded Kansas City team. They beat Boston, a hurting Boston Red Sox team with Trevor Story, Raphael Devers. And J.D. Martinez not available for all or most of the games. And now after tomorrow's off day, they have the St. Louis Cardinals coming in for two games without Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt due to COVID border restrictions. And the Detroit Tigers come in. And if you missed a little earlier, the Yankees, yes, the Yankees are still winning, but Michael King's gone for the year. They're starting to be see a few frayed threads in the Yankees bullpen. So let's see what uh, next week will bring. Again, the Blue Jays, 8-4 winners over the Boston Red Sox. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball served up by the Always Game Ready Jack Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side. Baseball fan.